Well, good morning. I am so happy to have this opportunity and honestly humbled <laughs> that Matt would ask me to teach. And I kept teasing him all week. I was like, are you sure you want me to teach and have a microphone and set the record straight? <laughs> and so I'm going to do just that right now because he said a lot of things about us these last few weeks. And so um, just take a look at this picture up here. Um, nope. <laughs> that one. <clears throat> I just, I want you to know that I did not leave that open. My three children were sleeping when this picture was taken. So that leaves the Matt Anderson. Left this cabinet open. And I took a picture to document it because I think it's the first time in 20 years that he's left a cabinet open. And so I just wanted you to know that I'm not the only one. So there's that. Um, I'll stop there. Maybe if he asks me again, I'll set some more records straight. But, <laughs> um, but uh, many of you know we were gone last week in Germany, in Berlin, with a group of 18 incredible, awesome people from this church that a lot of them I didn't know before we got to go on this trip. And it was an incredible week in Berlin. We got to meet with the Pink Door. That's a picture of our group. Um, we got to meet with a ministry that we partner with in Berlin called the Pink Door. They rescue women out of prostitution and human trafficking. And some of the missionaries um, that we support, Rhonda and Kelly Phillips, run this organization. And so we spent all week with them learning about Pink Door. Um, we got to see all the sites in Berlin, um, the Holocaust memorials, which were really heavy, but um, really... Um, it was, it was such a, a moment for me when we would visit all those sites. I, I could hardly take any pictures. I'm so thankful that a lot of people on our trip did because it was just almost like hallowed ground for me. I just, um, seeing these sites, because I'd, I've been interested and read about it my whole life, it was just so moving to me. Um, so I'm so thankful we got to have that experience. Um, so that's our group in Berlin. I love all those people, and I'm so thankful for that experience. But today, like Matt said, we're closing up this, this uh, series in Colossians called How to Build a Life. And um, today we're in chapter 4, and it's Paul's last thoughts for us um, on how to build a life centered in, on Jesus. And the, this young church is asking how to build a life centered on Jesus. And so these are his parting instructions for us. I want to dig in to verses 5, 6, and 7. And so I'm going to read those for us right now. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and seasoned with salt so that you will have the right response for everyone. And there's, there's three pieces of this, these verses that I want to go a little bit deeper and talk about. And the first two have to deal with how we live our lives. And the last one has to do with our speech and how we communicate with those around us. So maybe one will grab you. Maybe one will resonate and um, take root this week. I know it's messed with me all week. And like any conversation I've had, I'm like leaving and I'm like, was, was, my, was my conversation seasoned with salt? Was I gracious? Was I, you know, and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for, for that constant reminder because it, it is, it's how we communicate and it's what people see in us. And if we are Christ followers, followers and who, who we say we are, I want people to see that in me. So the first piece of this is live wisely. Pretty simple. But a lot of us think of um, wisdom in intellectual terms like knowledge. But if we read through the book of Proverbs, we see that wisdom, biblical wisdom, is characterized by understanding, 
by patience and trustworthiness, um, self-control, um, diligence. And these don't have so much to do with our words, but really the way we live. And so my question for this first section to chew on is, is your life marked by wisdom? Are you trustworthy and patient and understanding? Um, are you self-controlled? And then are your actions careful and thoughtful of those around you who might not know Jesus? Are your actions careful and thoughtful? The second piece I want to look closer at is, is make the most of every opportunity. And this is the one that makes me nervous that my heart starts beating really fast because I know that I know that I know I'm supposed to say something or do something, but I don't know what I'm supposed to say or what I'm supposed to do and how to do that. And so I want to tell you a story of um, when I was a senior in high school in November of 1994, going way back. Um, my best friend, Krista, was killed in a car wreck. And I had a really tough year of dealing with a lot of grief and a lot of missing my best friend. But I also dealt with a lot of guilt because she had come to um, see me perform um, in a, in a, like a music, musical uh, not like in a musical performance. And so driving home that night, she was killed in a car accident. And so I was dealing with a lot of guilt, a lot of grief, and I had to lean into something. And thankfully, I chose to lean into Jesus. And that was when my faith, my personal faith really took root. It wasn't my parents' faith. It was where I had to make a choice that I was going to trust Jesus. And so um, dealing with my grief, I listened to a lot of music. Music is when, when I'm singing or worshiping, that's when I feel closest to God. And so that year, I listened to music a lot. <laughs> and one of the songs that I listened to a lot was called Jesus Will Still Be There by Point of Grace. Do you guys remember Point of Grace back in the 90s? It was a Christian band. And um, some of the lyrics are, when it looks like you've lost it all and you haven't got a prayer, that Jesus will still be there. And so those words just brought so much hope and encouragement to me. So I would listen to that song a lot. And so if you fast forward a few months, um, I just graduated. It's June of 1995. I just graduated from high school. And one of my really good friends is doing an internship in Oklahoma City. I was living in Indiana at the time. I grew up in Indiana. And so I went to visit her. And I got on an airplane, flew out there. We had a great weekend. And I was coming home, and I boarded the airplane, and I sat down and <clears throat> put on my headphones and listened to Jesus will still be there. And um, I kind of, I saw this older lady come on the plane, and I see her kind of come around the corner, and I mean, she's just kind of frantic, you know, like checking out everything and touching the lights and asking questions and just inspecting everything. And I was like, wow, this lady has never flown before. She looks really nervous. And, and then in my mind, I'm like, and she's probably going to sit right by me. And so... Sure enough, she sits right by me next to the window, and she's fidgety, and she's, you know, trying to, <clears throat> like, check out the vents, and are the lights working, and she presses the little service button for the, the lady, the stewardess, to come and talk to us, and we finally get settled. You know, we, she, she takes her reading materials, and she puts them in the pocket in front of her, and I'm kind of doing the side eye, like, just like, what is this lady? What is her deal? And so I look over, and the one of the pamphlets that she had put in that pocket was overcoming your grief. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm trying to overcome my grief, you know. And so I, of course, had a little bit of compassion and thought, okay, well, you know what, maybe something has happened in her life. And so I'm just going to give her some grace and 
stay to myself. <laughs> and so I, you know, I'm sitting there listening to my music and my heart starts pounding and I'm like, no, 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 no. And, um, and like, I, ha I just have this feeling, share this song with her, Robin, share this song. And I'm like, no, I don't, I'm like, hey, I'm a kid and she's a grown adult and I'm not going to turn to her and be like, you should listen to this song. And so I just ignore it and I keep listening and I, I cannot escape this feeling of share this song. You have to share this song. And so I'm like arguing and finally I'm like, fine. And so I take off my headphones and I turn to her and I was like, ah, I noticed your pamphlet and it seems like you might be trying to overcome grief. And I, so I just said, I'm, I'm overcoming grief myself. And I lost my best friend in a car wreck a few months ago. And the only really hope and encouragement I've found is through music. And this song has just been everything to me. And I'd love to share it with you. And she looks at me and she smiles and she's like, sure, you know, I'll listen to your song. And so I give her my headphones and my Discman, my portable Discman. <laughs> and I push play and um, she, she listens to it. And about halfway through the song, I, I look over and I see tears just like rolling down her face. And she finishes the song and she looks at me and she said, thank you so much for sharing this song with me. And she said, these words give me so much hope. And she said, you see, my daughter was just killed in the Oklahoma City bombing a couple months ago. And she said, I just, I don't understand why. I don't understand why, but she's gone. And so we continue to have a conversation about our grief and our loved ones. And I was so thankful that I was open and aware to God's spirit, just nudging me to begin the conversation because that, that was such like a foundation for me in my faith to trust him and to trust that voice in my heartbeat <laughs> to know that he has something for me to share. And it doesn't matter if I'm only 18 years old. So I guess what I want to say is that I believe that people are in our lives, even randomly, for a purpose. And we don't know what that might be. And we might not even know when we first see them. I had no idea I was going to talk to this crazy lady getting on the airplane, you know. But it turned out to be a moment I will never forget. And so God uses us in our communities, in our places of work, in our schools, um, to be a light and to reflect Jesus. Don't miss that. That we are to live wisely and to let our actions speak louder than words and to be gracious, and to let our um, words be seasoned with salt, so that we do make the most of every opportunity to, to show God's goodness and faithfulness and grace and love. So my second question for us to consider this morning is, am I open and aware so that I can share God's goodness and faithfulness and grace and love? Whether it's at home or at work or at the park or on an airplane, um, are we open and aware? The third piece that I want to share and dig in a little bit to these verses is let your conversations be gracious and seasoned with salt. Um, there are so many verses in the Bible that reflect this concept. You know, over and over again, God is instructing us through his word to be gracious, to use kind words, to be an encouragement, to, um, to not be condescending. Um, and one of my favorite passages in scripture um, on how to live is found in Philippians 3, verses 15 through 16. And this is the message paraphrase. And then this is kind of 
my paraphrase of the message paraphrase, but it's, um, it has a little part from verse 615 and then a little part from verse 16, and it's this. It's to be a breath of fresh air, living proof of God's goodness. I love the idea of being a breath of fresh air everywhere we go. You know, like walking into a conversation and instead of leaving and people feeling like beaten up or like um, insulted or just like, what was that? But that they are, you leave and they're like, wow, that was unexpected. That was kind and encouraging. And I, I didn't expect that. What, that, that person showed so much grace. Um, our job is to add God's flavor to the conversation. That, that grace is the salt in the, of, in the seasoning of our conversations. And um, I love to cook, and I love to look at recipes, and I will just flip through, through like, cookbooks. And I, can, I feel like I'm really good. Like, I can look at a recipe and be like, nope, that's not going to be good because I don't like those seasoning. That's, that doesn't have enough seasoning. And so I, I will, like, pick a recipe put it aside, or I will be like, I'm making this tonight because I know my family's going to love it because these seasonings are awesome. Well, my mom isn't such a great recipe picker, <laughs> and um, growing up, she had, she's not here today to defend herself, so I'm just going to say what I want to say, but <laughs> um, maybe she'll listen. I don't know, um, but my, um, my, growing up, my mom had this one dish that she would make, and um, it was called shepherd's pie, and I've hated shepherd's pie my whole life. <laughs> She would, she would make this dish. She would fry the hamburger, pour it in a dish, open some cream corn, pour it on top. No seasoning, no seasoning, I'm sure of it. Pour the cream corn on top, slice up some potatoes, scallop them, and put them on top. And then make some kind of milky thing and pour it on top and bake it. And that was it, you guys. It was, it was like, well, I, I refused to eat it. I would not eat it. I was like, I cannot eat this, but my dad loved it, so she made it all the time. And, and so growing up, I just thought, oh, shepherd's pie is disgusting. Well, we, I went out to dinner years later with a good friend, and we get to the restaurant, and she ordered shepherd's pie. And I was like, that's unfortunate. You know, <laughs> like, I am going to have to share my meal with her because it's going to be gross. And so shepherd's pie is delivered to our table, and there's, it's like this dish I've never seen before. It's like um, this hearty, savory, beefy awesomeness with like steak, cut up steak in it and peas and carrots. And then there's like my favorite food, mashed potatoes on top. And like they took some cheese and like melted it and put it under the broiler. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, she's like, this is shepherd's pie. And I was like, I want your shepherd's pie. She let me try it. It's so good. And so I was like, this is not the shepherd's pie I know. But all that to say is that the way that we communicate, the way that we are gracious in our speech, or it could go either way, guys. Like people could want to refuse that shepherd's pie. They could want to refuse the goodness that we want to share. You know, or they could be like, I want, I want what she has. I want her shepherd's pie. That's different than what I've always known. Do you know what I'm saying? It matters. It really matters. So there's one last phrase to this part that stops me in my tracks, and it's so that you will have the right response for everyone. I mean, I don't even know what is the right response for everyone. That's a lot of pressure, the right response. But David in uh, Psalm 40 says this, 
I've preached you to the whole congregation. I've kept nothing back, God. You know that. I didn't keep news of your ways a secret. I didn't keep it to myself. I told it all. How dependable you are, how thorough. I didn't hold back pieces of love and truth for myself alone. I told it all. I let the congregation know the whole story. This is our right response. This is our right response, speaking of God's goodness and faithfulness in our lives, how dependable and thorough he has been and will be in our lives, sprinkled in with graciousness and seasonings of salt and being a breath of fresh air to all we encounter. And so my question that I want to leave us with is, are my words and conversations full of grace and hope and peace? Are our words and conversations full of grace and hope and peace? As we contemplate these things, the band is going to come and lead us in one more song. And um, this song is, I don't think we've sang, sung it here before. I sing it in my car probably every day. <laughs> it's called Worthy of Your Name. <clears throat> and in the middle of the song, there's a section that's a little bit different from the other parts. It's called The Bridge. That's what musicians call it, The Bridge. And the words in here, when I'm listening in my car, I mean, I'm like this because he is all these things that this song says and more. But let me read these to you. He's my author, my maker, my ransom, my savior, my refuge, my hiding place. He's my helper and he's my healer. He's my blessed redeemer. He's my answer and my saving grace. In this part, this is where I'm like, mm, when this, we sing this part, he's my hope in the shadows, my strength in the battle and my anchor for all my days. And he is those. And when we have conversations, that's what we're talking about. We're telling of God's goodness and his love and how it's changed us and how we've become different because of that. And so as always, when we have this time of worship and we respond, you are free to move around this room. We have a cross right here that if you have something heavy on your heart or just maybe even a praise or a prayer in your heart, you can write it down right here. There's pins and little, pin, little pins that you can put on the cross. There's light back here and over here that represent God's presence in our lives. And if you want to light a candle for yourself or a loved one, feel free to do that too. We have, if you want to partake in Holy Communion, we have some stations around the room. And you can have that time to remember God's goodness and his sacrifice and what he gave up so that we can live a life pleasing to him and honoring him to save us from ourselves. <clears throat> do that. If you want to pray, if you want someone to pray with you back in the cave, we have a team of people who want to do that, who that is what they're passionate about. So walk over there and ask someone to pray with you. But as we do, as we begin to sing, feel the freedom to move around the room. Let me, let me pray, and then Joe's going to lead us. Jesus, you are so faithful, and um, we just thank you for the, your word and your instruction for us on how to live a great life that is centered in you. And so, Lord, I just pray that um, as we move into this time of worship, that you would just put on our hearts um, how to live um, worthy of your name, Lord, how to live wisely and how to make sure that our conversations with the people that we encounter on a daily basis are gracious and seasoned with salt. 
Lord, we trust you. We know that you are for us, and so we walk in your ways. In Jesus' name, amen.